0: We've been in a series, we've been in a series called Tag You're It. We talked about Elijah, that first series was called Tagged. He was tagged by God, but then Elijah had to tag Elisha, and remember the gift is never for you, it goes beyond you to set people free, to bring the glory of God. And here are the words of Jesus Christ, I want you to go to John chapter 15 and verse 16. And everybody, let's read it out loud together because Jesus is talking about you. You ready? Here we go, ready? You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Now I want you to flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Because there's something the Holy Spirit wants to tell you, since you've been tagged by God and you're it. Paul says this to the followers, the followers of Jesus in two Corinthians four or seven. Look at this closely. It says, "But we have this, and everybody say that next word, treasure, treasure in earthen what vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power." will be of God and not from ourselves. He said, when you follow Jesus Christ, there's a power, a treasure in you, this clay vessel. So don't think too much of yourself when God uses you because it is his power that is actually at work through you. You have to look at your neighbor, tell him, you've been tagged, so you have treasure in you. Come on, tell him that, you've been tagged, so you have treasure in you, and you can be seated in the house of God. How many of you believe in God for a great awakening, spiritual awakening in our nation? How many of you believe in God for that? I truly am believing in God for that. But I've come to the conclusion that the awakening won't happen out there if it doesn't happen in Sam. And before I can even say we need a national awakening, let me just tell you, we need a church awakening at Grand Rapids first. And before we need a church awakening, you say, yeah, amen, Pastor, your family needs one really bad. And uh, if your family needs one, it needs to be you. Because I truly believe, I truly believe that I love the lights, I love the, I, those are beautiful, by the way. That LED screen, that's the new stained glass of the church. I just want y'all to know that, amen? (laughs) I love all this stuff. I love love all of our programs. I love all the, the, the tech things these folks work so hard on to bring the gospel even better. I love all that. But that will not set you free. It will not heal your marriage. I love nice pews. I like good carpet. I love things clean. But it's never delivered someone from the demon of alcoholism. It's never liberated one captive. It didn't set my mom free from paganism, demonology. Never did. And I'm gonna tell you, that we're, we're looking at nations, we're looking at our nation, we're looking at our communities, we look at, and we're wondering, what is the answer? How, how is this gonna happen? Well, I just want you to know, tag, you're it. You are the answer. And and I want to take you to a story in Elisha's life of an event that happened when this lady was looking for a deliverance for her own family. She was looking for something. She needed this miracle or family, a deliverance, and she's looking to the preacher, but the preacher's telling her, no, look into yourself. Remember the treasure that you have. So let's go to the story. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 7, so just hang with me. If you don't have a Bible, look up on the screen, and i want to tell you the story that happened to Elisha. He's been tagged by God. Elijah tagged him, and now he's going to a woman. It's always for somebody else when God uses you. Remember, the treasuring is for somebody else, not just you. So let's look at verse 1. It says, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. So this is not somebody that's anti-God. This is a God-following prophet. He feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has Nothing in the house except a jar of oil. He said, go borrow, and say that next word with me, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty what? Vessels, do not get a few. And you shall go and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the to her, and she poured. When the were full, she said to her sons, Bring me another. And he said to her, There is not one more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on the rest. So here you have someone that actually loves God, this widow. So that means she has no power because the widow was just pushed way down. Even in that, among that culture, women weren't, as, weren't very revered or respected. Now, the one that was respected is gone, and she's pushed down. She's a widow. She has nothing. She's broke. She has no attorney to broker for, and she goes to the preacher and says, where's God when we need him? We served in this church. Remember, I paid my tithe. I prayed. We did everything we knew to do, and look what's happening. Nothing is happening when we, we where is God in all this? Where's the deliverance for my family? And I think sometimes we as Christians have been on this planet so long, and it's a very short period we get. Remember, this is not your home, everybody. But many Christians today don't expect God to move in our schools, they don't expect God to move in our nation. It's us against them. So many believe that God won't move in our inner cities or, or, or in our suburban areas. They don't believe that God will move in their marriage or their family, and they're asking, where's God? I I believe in God, but where where is God? Where where is the God? Where is revival? Where is the awakening? Where is the salvation of my family? Where is the deliverance? Now, if the question is that you have and I have is where is God when we need him, then I think the answer lies in this story out of the Word of God, and I want you to pay close attention to it because I believe it's gonna reveal something to you and me. The first thing you gotta recognize in this story is that there is a debt. Now look what she said in verse one. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor has come to take my two children as his slaves. Let me stop right there. This was a believing family, dedicated their children to the Lord, did everything right, but now the creditor is coming against them. In this culture at this time, it was a common practice. You did not ch- file chapter 11. You didn't get to reconstruct your business. You didn't get chapter 13. You didn't get a payment plan. If you did not pay your debt, they don't care whether you're born again, a heathen, or whether you hate it or loved God, your kid is gonna be my slave until your debt is eradicated. That's how they dealt with finances in that culture. How many thank God it's a new day? So here's what they did, they came to this prophet's wife, a man that loved God. Now why did, why did the creditor come to the prophet's wife? One reason. The same reason that if something would happen to me and I don't pay a bill, they're gonna go to Brenda, they're not gonna go to Pastor Doug. Do you know why they're going to Brenda? Because Brenda took the name Riggs, removed it, and took the name Rife Kogel. Nobody can spell it, but she took it. The good thing, she got to keep all the monograms because it was still BR, and that'll work. But the reason why is because she had assumed the name of her husband, therefore, the creditor was making a demand. And now she felt absolutely powerless after all this serving of God. And she's asking, where's the freedom for my family? You're asking, where's the freedom for my family, my nation, my marriage, where is the freedom? Where where is God when I need him to intervene? Now listen closely. Satan is like this creditor who wants to hold your child, your family, your marriage, your community, your home, your high school, your university, and wants to hold the people in in bondage, holding them in bondage, treating them as if they have no value. Do you realize the creditor didn't care whether the kids were weeping or crying, didn't care who who the person was, he was ruthless because he saw them as no value at all. They were simply a body to work for me to pay the debt. That is exactly how Satan views you and he views me. Holding them in bondage with absolutely no no value. Do you know the reason why people are not valued and there is not honor in this nation and in our communities like there ought to be? It's because people do not realize the value and the treasure that is in people. And do you know why it happened? It all started with telling them that there is no God. There is no God. They drove it, they went through our educational systems, driving it, driving it, driving it, driving it, driving it, there is no God. So if there's no God, then you were not created by a God, and if you're not created by a God, then it negates you were created in god's image so therefore you don't have the image of god because all you really are was you were just you came out of some primordial soup you were a little amoeba swimming around you landed up all of a sudden you're, you you evolved in from goo to you by way of the zoo so you're just a tissue that's all you are So, when you remove that there is no God and that you're not created, then you remove the value because you're no longer in the image of God. Are you listening closely to what I said? So, the only value that is determined on your life is if you are wanted. If you are wanted, then you have value. That is the narrative of the world. Only if you're wanted are you valued. But if you're not wanted, you're not valued. Did you hear what I said? You have no value. And the reason you have no value is because you are no longer created in the image of God. So when I look at you, I should see the image of God. I don't see just one person here, male and female. I just don't see Asian or Hispanic or what. No, no, when I see a human being, I don't care if they're born again or not, you see the image of God, the value of a life. Are you listening to me? And when you start seeing that as the basis, you treat people totally different because their value is not their background, their value is who designed them. But if you take out the design of who they are, then guess what happens? You're only valuable if you're wanted. So if you're not wanted in the marriage, you're not wanted in life, we just get rid of it. Are you listening closely to what I'm saying? You're not created by God, so therefore, if you're not created by God in the image of God, then guess what? Then you're designed, you're not designed by God. If you take God out, then you're not designed by God. You're not fearfully and wonderfully as made as you think you are. You're not designed by God. So guess what happens? If you're not designed by God, then you determine your design by whatever you desire to be. Let me say it again. If you do not believe there is a creative genius of God that knits you together in your mother's womb, you were fearfully and wonderfully, if you remove that out, then you do not have a designer that made you for a purpose. Therefore, you determine what your design is, and so that design is whatever you desire it to be. So if you wanna wake up tomorrow and feel like a goat, you're a goat. If you want to be a furry, you want, to, you want to be a kitten, then you're a kitten. If, if you, you can be whatever, because now you're gonna design who you are, The creative genius of God is removed from you so your entire value is determined by what you desire and what you think. So the enemy holds men and women in their mind. He holds cultures and nations and families and individuals in this twisted bondage and holds them in slavery. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? Our culture feels powerless against this kind of spiritual opposition and attack from Satan. But like the widow, we think we're hopeless. Hopeless, but we are not Amen. hopeless. You are not hopeless. You are not hopeless. Do you hear what I'm telling you? We have assumed something, folks. And when I chose to follow Jesus, and when you chose to follow Jesus Christ, can I tell you, I assumed. My name may be Rife Kogel, but I'm going to tell you, I am Sam Rife I am the Jesus Christ following Sam Rife I have assumed the name and the design and the imprint and the purpose of Jesus Christ himself into my life. So I'm here to tell you, you may not even know Jesus Christ and Satan has got this powerful grip on your mind. He's got this powerful grip because you have been designing who you determine who you ought to be because you have taken him out of the equation. But it is going to wreck your life and you know you wake up just all the time. What is the answer? God, let me tell you what the answer is. You were created by God. You were designed by God and you have a value inside of you by God and once you take Jesus Christ's name, can I tell you something? You have a power not only to see yourself be free, but you can start freeing your family. You can start freeing your neighbor. You can start freeing your friend. You say, why, Pastor Sam? Because you are no longer held in bondage because Galatians 4, 7 tells me this. Sam Reifkogel, you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. Young lady, you are a daughter of Jesus Christ. And if you're a daughter and if you're a son, you're an heir through Christ Jesus. Come on, you have assumed the name of Jesus to cancel the debt of the creditor to free your family. I'm pacing myself because I'm really thrilled about what God has to say this morning. But there's a debt. There's a debt. The chaos that is ensuing in your family and in your personal life, the chaos you see that happens in our culture is a bondage, and the creditor is demanding payment, and we feel powerless. But let me tell you, you are powerful when you know the name of Jesus and who he is and what he is inside of you. You have this treasure. So what's the deliverance, Pastor? How do we get them free? Now watch this. The power to set the next generation free and and keep Sam Reitkogel free because the bondage is always trying to come after me, just like it comes after you. The power to set yourself free and the generation free is within us as the followers of Jesus Christ. We don't think so, but it is. It's in you. Do you know it's in you? That addiction that hounds you, do you know it's already in you? The power to set you free is right there, boom. Right now, right now. I know you're waiting for me to put a vibrating hand on your forehead and grease you up like a pig at a county fair, and finally you'll walk out and say, I feel better. No, no, I'm telling you, it's in you. It's in you. You've been chasing every conference. I'm telling you, it's in you. Y'all, yeah, our marriage will never, no, it's in you for your marriage to be made whole. It's in you. I can't get free from pornography. It's in you to be free right now. So Elisha asked her a question. Elisha said to her, what do you have in your house? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said, nothing, nothing, nothing. Let me try a different church this week because there was nothing at that church. Let me pick the special person to pray for me at the altar because I went to Brother So-and-so, Pastor So-and-so. Nothing happened, so I'm going to the other guy. Nothing, and then she remembers. Wait a minute, there's this jar of oil. In the body of Christ, youth group, what's going on with youth group? Nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. Just go sing, hear him talk, nothing, it's nothing. That's what happens with a lot of people in church is they're looking for something sensational But they don't realize it, that it's already in them. And you're calling these other things nothing. If the question is, where is the deliverance? Where is the freedom? Where is the liberty? I think the answer lies in verse 6 and 7. The issue was, the oil is what would cancel the debt. Not the vessels, not the jars. You're looking to a preacher to free you. You're looking to a church vessel to free you. The answer is not me. The answer is not even you. The answer is the oil in the container. See, what happened was the widow's oil was not ordinary. Let me tell you about the oil that she had. See, she thought, I'm just going to cook with it. And we could barely make a meal. But let me tell you, the oil was used for more than just cooking back there. The oil was used for bathing. It was used for burial. That oil, that olive oil wasn't just used It was also used to anoint, watch this, it was also used to anoint the offices that Jesus Christ represented. The office of the priests. The prophets and the king, they would take that oil, they would put frankincense, they would put all kinds of perfumes, they would pour it over the hell, over their head and down their body, and then that would be the indication that the power and the authority on that office is on them to carry out their duty. Yeah. So the oil, it became commonplace. It was just for cooking. Oh, maybe I'm you know put some on a sore, maybe it'll help me out. It becomes commonplace. How many of us have made service commonplace? where we finally do somebody's song and then they start engaging worship. I go to that church because that preacher's funny. It ain't gonna free you. That's bad English, but it's good preaching. It's not gonna free you. Well, he keeps me engaged. No, I'm telling you something. You're looking to a vessel. The answer is the oil is what brings the deliverance in your life. And that oil was poured over the heads. Now, deliverance happens, let me just say this, deliverance happens through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So when you look through scripture many times, watch this, oil was the symbol of the power of the Holy Spirit on an individual's life, especially in the Old Testament. They would anoint the priests, the prophets, and the kings. Now, what did those three officers do? I'm just going to do it real fast. But the priest was anointed so they could redeem people back to Jesus, back to God. The prophets had oil poured over them so they could reveal the will of God to the people and tell them, "Here's the direction you go." The anointing of the king was upon him, and that was upon him to take dominion and to rule. Three different kinds of anointings, three different offices. Are you watching? Stay with me. Stay with me. No one could fill those two together. You remember King Saul, he was anointed king, but he started behaving like a priest that got him in trouble. He was not anointed a priest because God said that's only reserved for one after the order of Melchizedek. I'm going deep with you, but hold it. After the order of Melchizedek, because what Jesus was is they were all three separate, but Jesus was all three in one. He was the anointed priest, the anointed prophet, and the anointed king, all in one. They can only serve as one office. He got to serve all three offices. Because Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. The word Christ literally means the anointed one. All these men, they were separate, but all three are wrapped up in Jesus. He's the super prophet. He's the super king. He's the super priest. He redeems us. He gives us authority to rule, and he reveals his will to his people. How many of you still hanging with me? You're looking for a vessel. He's telling you it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit oil inside the believer. Watch this. Jesus walks into the synagogue. Luke chapter 4. He walks in and he declares it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to, number one, bring the good news. I'm the anointed priest to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives be released. Number two, I'm anointed as a king to liberate and have authority. He said to let the blind will see. I'm anointed as the prophet so they can start seeing because they're walking in spiritual blindness. And he said to allow, the oppressed to go free he says and that time of the Lord's favor has now come are you listening closely those anointings were all in Jesus Christ but Jesus did not stop there he didn't just want the three anointings to be in him he died on the cross so all three anointings ought to be in you oh Jesus help me get this all done come on watch this there's an anointing in the Jesus Christ follower who's a Jesus Christ follower Oh, who's voting? Come on, who's a Jesus Christ follower here? Then look at the word, 1 John 2.20, he says, but you have an anointing, you have an anointing from the Holy One. Look at John 2.27, he says, the anointing received from him remains in who? You, come on, say that's me. Look at Colossians 1, 27, when Paul was talking to the Christians in Colossae, he's saying, listen, when you got born again, let me tell you something. He said, this was a message, watch this, this was a message kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now has been revealed to God's people. In other words, what was that? Those three offices in the Old Testament only one man could be one thing. There was only one that would fulfill all three is Jesus Christ. But he says, here's the mystery, verse 27, look at it. He says, and this is the secret, Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you follow Jesus Christ, you have the anointing of the King Jesus inside of you. You have the anointing of the priest to reconcile people to Jesus Christ inside of you. You have the anointing of the priest to reveal the will of God because you're following the word of God. Come on, church, how many believe it's time to start walking in the anointing? It's Christ inside of you, the anointed one in you, the hope of glory. The anointing, listen, that anointing of Jesus when you get saved empowers you to set the captives free, to change your neighborhood, you really wanna bring change, it's not just going into a polling booth, it's going into your prayer closet and saying, God, use me. Do something with me, God. Here's my life. Mm -mm. You wanna see your family free? You wanna walk in freedom? It is in you when you gave your life to the anointed one. It is now greater as he that is in you than anything you're facing that Satan can toss at you. Oh, don't let me preach all by myself. You'd have thought I had Captain Crunch this morning. Amen. So if the anointing is within the believer, listen closely. If the anointing is in you and you call yourself a Jesus follower, then why do you not see his power operating through your life and you still cannot get over the hang ups you're in? Why is the church declining in America instead of growing in America? Because it is. You ought to praise God for the salvations that constantly happen through you that are letting ministry happen through you in this church because it's happened constant because it is not what you see, by and large, in the church in America. It is in decline. And church, if you don't know it, it is in decline. How are we gonna free them? If we say we're Jesus followers, then where, where's God? Where is it? The answer lies in my final point, the dispensers. Can you say that word with me? Dispensers. Look what he said in verse three. Then Elisha said to her, go borrow vessels at large. He said, get as many as you can get your hands on. For yourself from all your neighbors, even what kind, empty vessels, don't Get a few. In other words, it's not God's decision. It's yours. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these what? Vessels. And shall set it aside what is full. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, and they were bringing vessels to her and she poured. When the... When the vessels were full, she said to her son, "Bring me another vessel." And he said to her, "There is not one more." And the oil stopped. When did the deliverance stop? When did the miracle stop? when there were no more vessels. Yeah, but I got all I got for Sunday. I got all I got for Sunday. We'll be back next month, Pastor. You know what that kind of believer's like? A bag of chips that just ticks me off. (laughs) How many of you got that bag of chips and man, it's just as puffy and you think, man. This is a full meal tonight. And it looks full. It behaves full. But when you pop it open, it is still empty. The reason the oil stopped was not God's fault. The reason the oil stopped was because she stopped finding Vessels. The oil stopped, he says. As many as you can drag in there is as much as you'll get. But when someone stops being a vessel, the oil stops. So here's what we got in America where are the miracles? Where are the miracles? Where are the deliverance? Where's the revival? Where's the revival? We're going from conference to conference. Where's the revival? Who's got the way? You so and so, so it's got has so-and-so, got, got oil coming out of a Bible. Who gets wait wait? minute. This guy's over here. He's, Man, I'm telling you he points out things. He's telling y'all kinds of stuff. we got to run to that one. We got to run to this. one. We got to run to this one. And we're up here, we're going, God, where's the miracles? Where's the miracles? Where are the miracles? God, where's where's the miracles? Where's where's the where, where's the where's the deliverance? Where's the revival? We're looking for the revival. And God's up in heaven going, where are the vessels? Where 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 where? Where are the vessels? Where where are the vessels? We're going, oh, give me a week. God. We got to go to this section We got to have this person speak. If we get this and God's ever are going, no, 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 no. Where, where, where are the vessels? We're going, where are the miracles? He's going, where are the vessels? Because the truth is, is it takes the vessels to deliver the oil. We need vessels. When we have become vessels of desperations of prayer... When we have vessels that instead of analyzing the worship, you are engaging the worship. When instead of, let's just throw down some money to start another ministry, but instead we start engaging our friends and the people we influence who don't know Jesus at work to have a cup of coffee and just be a buddy and just be a friend to them. And, and we start engaging them. When, when we, when we, people... You, you realize that only 20% of the people in this church do 80% of the giving in this church. And then we wonder why we still see so many believers struggle, 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 and ask God, give me a miracle, bail me out this month, bail me out this month, bail me out this month. And they're saying, I need a miracle, a miracle. And God's go, I need a vessel that will be a vessel of giving, a vessel of worship. God needs dispensers. Notice I did not say receptacles. Dispensers. How many of you still have one of those Dixie cup dispensers in your home? Oh, that's just a COVID trap, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Why do you put those there? Because you know they serve a purpose. You fill it up. You want everybody to be, everybody to have not have germs. You fill it up, but what do you know? It's like your toilet paper dispenser. You fill it up for it to be emptied, you fill it up. So people say, how many men does it take to change a roll of toilet paper? (laughs) Nobody knows because it's never been done. (laughs) Would you please put the toilet paper? Why? You put it in there, empty it, fill it up, empty it, fill it up. Notice I did not say a receptacle, why? because receptacle Christians are nothing but consumers. We cannot do enough to perform for you to keep you engaged because you're consuming, you have become, we got, it's the consumers, the customers number one. Consumer Christianity has created a high maintenance, low impact Christian that it takes more to keep them in church but they're doing less for the kingdom of God. You can't get them to worship, you can't get them to volunteer, you can't get them to give, you can't get them to witness to their neighbor. We have high maintenance, low impact Christians. So that's, that's, that's consumer Christianity, they're receptacles. However dispensers are people who say, fill me up, Lord. Because the only reason I get filled up is like that roll of toilet paper. And that cup dispenser, is because I get filled up because I don't want to be empty to be filled up, to be empty, 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 to be filled up, to be emptied, to be filled up, to be empty, to be filled up, to be emptied, to be filled up, to be emptied, to be filled up, to be That's the reason I exist. So guess what happens? Receptacles because they consume consume, consume, they become rancid but a dispenser because it is constantly only receiving. I want God to bless me to let it go, to bless me to let it go, to bless me to let me go. You don't get rancid, you stay rejuvenated because everything in you is fresh. Yes. How many are still with me? Stay with me for a second. The Dead Sea, you know what's called the Dead Sea? Because it's dead. The Dead Sea is loaded with minerals. Just ask the people down at the mall that keep trying to hand it to you every day. Let's come out of the Dead Sea, come out of the Dead Sea, fix your face, fix your face. <laughs> I mean, it's a great product because there's so many minerals in the Dead Sea. But do you know why there's so many minerals in the Dead Sea? Because it has inlets, but it has no outlets. It is rancid. It is rancid. Loaded with minerals, but it's going nowhere. But here's the thing. Try to drop something living Try to drop any kind of living marine life into it, and it dies immediately, because it's not releasing. Because the water is rancid so full of so full of minerals that nothing can stay alive in it. There are some believers you can pour into and pour into and pour into, them, but you will never find them being at least kind to a waiter or a waitress today. And never have the kindness to leave a decent tip to people who are just trying to make ends meet. Don't even tell them you go to this church. Don't. You're going to be rude to them. Don't tell them you're a Jesus follower. Tell them you're the CEO of the Atheist Incorporated. Tell them that. Don't tell them you are with us. Don't. see. Don't be a jerk and call yourself a Christian. Just don't do it. Because no matter what you give them, you can give them their song, you can give them their phone call, you can give them their note, you can give them what they want, but unless they are releasing what they have, it only dies the minute you put something in them. Have you ever given a child everything they wanted all the time and never demanded discipline out of them in their own life? No matter what you give them, it's never gonna be enough. The next generation say, we want authentic, we want authentic. Great, I'll be as authentic as I can. But you don't need authentic, you need someone anointed in your life, not just someone authentic in your life. Someone that says remains fresh in the Holy Spirit, hungry for the things of God. She forgot what she had. Elijah asked her, what do you have in your house? She goes, I don't have anything. Don't allow the Holy Spirit to become commonplace. Please church, don't make lifting your hands commonplace in this place. Please, don't let praise be commonplace. Don't let speaking in the heavenly language of the unknown tongue become commonplace. Don't allow witnessing to be commonplace. Don't allow being kind to be commonplace. Compassion be commonplace. Come on church, how many believe we gotta keep dispensing what we received, dispensing what we received, so we say rejuvenated in the presence of God and never always have to have God outperform himself to keep us interested in walking with him. Mm. Okay, I'm coming in for a landing, I promise. How many can take about 10 more minutes? Okay. Here's my deal. God wants to use you as the vessel. I know I have a job. I know I have an assignment. Please, I'm not trying to get out of any work. promise you. I'm working hard. The world is run by tired people. I promise you. But God wants you to do something. Young man, God wants you to do something. Young lady, you've got something in you that's a treasure and you don't realize it. Just release it, what God's given you. Release the kindness. Release the worship. Release the witness. Release your giving. Don't wait till you get older and get a job. Release it. Watch God rejuvenate and use you again. Yeah, but pastor, I'm not good enough. I don't even know Jesus this morning. He'll take you. Bring us your broken, empty box. Notice, did you, you see the kind of box you wanted? So many of us want people that got it all together. Well, when I get my money, when I get full, then I'm going to barely be a giver. Well, once I get past having kids, then I'm, I'm going to do something volunteer. I just don't have enough. God always uses vessels that have nothing in them to give. And even look at themselves going, I don't, I got nothing. Yes you do. Oh yes you do. Just smile at me. That'll work right now. You got something in you. See, we're waiting for all these big I'm not God does use people. He uses me, okay? But don't wait for Oh, it's the move of God. He wants you while you're sitting there fixing that leaky toilet and God speaks to you about the guy that you're doing the work for and you start getting his life and the power of God starts in operation. I'm telling you, God's anointing is like if you'll just be a vessel. Yeah, but pastor, my... How many you like pizza in this church? Come on, you're Pentecostals. You love pizza. I love pizza. Oh, Yeah. And it's lunchtime. Mmm, mm. sausage. It's good. It's lunchtime. Mmm, pepperoni. It's delicious. I love olives. Mm. You know. These people ought to pay me for all the promos I do for them, don't you think? I think Pizza Hut needs to start tithing to Grand Rapids first here, Papa John's. So when I get pizza, (laughs) this pizza is gonna help me function in life. If I don't have this food, oh, I can't work. I want have the energy. Mm, that's delicious. I ain't even enjoy it. Now, what if though, the pizza that's gonna give me life, give me strength, what if, here baby, you have peace, I'd share it with my wife. Yeah, I'm a, dis- I'm a dispenser, have a peace. See, some of you are waiting for the miracle for me to multiply this, and it like, if, I, if I, that's what you're waiting for, aren't you? Huh? That's what you're waiting for. We don't have enough cameras in this room to pull off, smoke and mirrors to pull that off. Now, let me ask you something. What if the pizza man comes to my house, or let's say we buy pizza for everybody, and the guy walks in, and he's holding the pizza in his hands like this. He hold it, like this. Walks in. We're hungry. We know we're getting weak. We're seeing stars, man. We're so hungry. And he has walked through the parking lot. And when he walks in, he's got cheese and the olives and the pepperoni sliding down his pants. And then I notice something. He's walking in, trying to deliver us so we can have strength and energy. And he's walked through the parking lot and he's and sliding and he's trying to put it back on the pizza. And he's got he's got leaves, and he's going, Well, that's okay, it's fiber. You know, then he puts it on there, and he's got, then he's got sand, and there's a rock, and there's tree bark in it. And then he walks in. No, 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 listen. He walks in here or walks in your home and he looks at me and he says, Hey, hey, Reverend, we got your pizza. Yeah, I I can see that. Yeah, (laughs) shucks, man. We had a problem down at the store. What's the problem? (laughs) We ran out of boxes. (laughs) How many of you know that a cheap 25 cent box becomes extremely important to all of us all of a sudden? Because all that that was in it is worthless to us if it doesn't have a box. I'll eat that pizza from that box. But I won't eat pizza from that one. It's a banana peel. <laughs> a banana peel. I ain't touching that. It's broken egg. Somebody's been to Chipotle. Some gravel. Give you a little roughage. See, the problem is, is if I can close this box, you don't know what's in it. but your value is determined by what you see out here. So what we do in church and Christians do is we do say all the right things. All the right things. Got the right Christianese. Our kids are in the right school, working with the right kids. I may even I may even bring a real Bible into my arm to prove it to them. But when we pop this open, there ain't nobody that wants anything you got. Because you're still prejudiced. You're still cheating God. You gave your heart to Jesus, but you're still sleeping around. You dishonor your parents. You speak against people that God will put in leadership over your life. And nobody wants this one when they start opening to see what's in. This is why I want to stay in his presence. It's because this stuff can get in Sam Reichel's box pretty quick if he doesn't watch it. Because the value of the box is not determined by how many TikTok followers you have. I could care less who follows you. I don't care if you speak in tongues and fall out on the floor and shake like a fall leaf in the wind to prove me you're spiritual. When I open this bad boy up and I find that and you're so in discord in your church, and in your marriage, and with your parents, nobody wants that. Because the value of the box does not become valuable because it's a box. So we can keep on purtying church up and wearing the nice clothes and saying the right Christianese. But let me tell you why most people in America, and the church in America has gone down is because we got that. But present this when they open it up. No, thank you. But oh, if I'll let Jesus start working with my sin issues as a believer, start dealing with my attitude issues, start dealing with my greed issues. God starts changing what's in the box. He says, let me put some good stuff in you. Oh my. Oh, this is the clean hand, believe me, it's the clean hand. Oh, taste and see. Not that the box is good. Not that the box is good. See, we want everybody to eat the box. Don't taste and see. This sausage is awesome. (laughs) But Jesus is so much better. Now Paul says, the problem is is that when people start saying, boy, that was a really good sermon, Pastor. Appreciate it, thanks. But you need to understand something real clear. You have this treasure. There's something in me that exceeds this body. So the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God Because Sam Reifkogel can't do anything for you. And you can't do anything for your wife or your husband on your own. But when you start putting the treasure of Holy Spirit, would you teach me? Would you show me? Would you humble me? Whatever it takes. And just let me encounter you. Holy Spirit, would you just come in and quit fighting about who's right in the marriage? Political seasons. I would. I hear they're wanting to vote out time change. I wish they'd vote out voting. We get divided in the body. Can we? Can we say, Holy Spirit, would you do something in me and make me a vessel? I remember how on fire I used to be for you. I remember how I used to love to worship you and praise, and I remember how I used to love just to. Find a need and just fill it. I just love, Father, I could look at my research and said, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? But I'm not there anymore, God. And if we're asking, where are the miracles? We're asking, where's the revival? Where's the awakening? If we're asking, where, where's the change in my, my city? Then ask, where's the change in my family? Then ask God, where is the change of the oil in me, God? Empty me out and fill me up and empty me out and fill me up and empty me out and fill me up till I stay renewed in your presence, God. That when people see me, they don't see Sam Reifko. They're not looking at sneakers. They're not looking at clothes. They're looking at what is the spirit that is within that person that's bringing life transformation to themselves and to the people that are eating the pizza with them.